Welcome to the Global Investor Podcast, a show that focuses on helping foreign investors enter the lucrative U.S. real estate market. Host Charles Carrillo combines decades of real estate investing experience with a professional background in international banking to interview experts in all areas of U.S. real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Charles Carrillo. Welcome to another episode of the Global Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Carrillo. Today, we have Kenneth Kastner. Kenneth is a U.S. tax advisor specializing in real estate income taxation for foreign investors. He's worked with thousands of foreign investors who have invested into U.S. real estate. So thanks so much for coming on the show, Kenneth. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. So I briefly spoke about your professional background. Can you give us a little bit more and expand on it of what uh, where you are now prior to getting to your current firm? Sure. Um, about until about a year ago, I was the U.S. tax director of a smallish firm called GTS Israel. Um, I had a staff of close to 15 people servicing those few thousand clients that you mentioned before. Most of them were Israelis who invested in U.S. real estate. That's really my focus. And about a year ago, that firm was bought out by a larger firm called UHY. Um, and I stayed for the transition period for six months. And then I moved on to what I'm doing today. Okay, nice. So what, is, what, what services do you provide? Does your firm provide to its clients? So we provide every U.S. tax service, essentially, that a foreign investor would need from tax planning, obtaining an ITIN, preparing all the relevant federal and state tax returns, dealing with FERPTA, and we'll probably get to that later, and other withholding rules when relevant, and any tax advice that they need in between. So there's a, there's a number of different uh parts of the U.S. tax code that might be a little different or might be completely new to foreign investors. And a few of them I kind of want to dig into and give people a little background of what it is and what they can expect and why they should uh, get counsel when planning on investing into U.S. real estate. But um, what type of tax and legal structure planning should be performed prior to investing in U.S. real estate? Oh, there's plenty of that. I, I personally like to educate the investors and most of them like to be educated so that they'll know what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> I, I make sure to make it clear to them that I'm not a lawyer, I'm not an investment advisor, mm -hmm. and um, tax planning should definitely not be the only type of planning that they do before investing, meaning they shouldn't you know, decide which state to invest in only based on the tax rates in each state, for example. Uh, it could be that the best investment opportunity for them is in a high-tax state, and that's fine. As long as they're aware of it and they don't get surprised by it after the fact, it's uh, critical to also understand the tax laws in the country of residence of the investor, wherever they happen to live, to avoid double taxation. So I insist that they discuss their plans with their local tax advisor as well. And there's also the estate tax planning, which is significant for foreign investors. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, can you go into a little bit more about it? Uh, we'll go into a little bit about estate taxes and uh, how it pertains to, to real estate investors. And I know there's a huge difference between if you're a U.S. investor versus a foreign investor and kind of some workarounds, let's say, of structuring for avoiding maybe a huge tax hit. Absolutely. So first of all, obviously, the first, the main, the main uh, and most important thing is to be aware of it. Uh, estate tax in the U.S. is also known as the death tax, and not only because you pay the tax when you die, but also because estate tax can be up to 40% of the value of your U.S. estate at the time of death. But even more so for foreign investors, like you mentioned before, the reason is the exemption amount. U.S. citizens currently have an exemption of around $11 million worth of assets 
before they have to start paying estate tax on, on any value that they have above that amount. Foreign people with assets in the US only have a $60,000 exemption, okay? So that requires awareness and planning. You can either make sure not to die while investing, that's the best <laughs> thing I could tell you, um, or take out an insurance policy um, so that, you know, so that uh, you'll have, when you die, you, you know, your kids will have the cash to be able to pay off that tax um, or have another plan in place. There are various options. None of them are magic. None of them are perfect. And each investor needs to decide which option is best for them. So when you mentioned uh, double taxation before, what are some of the activities that open the possibility of an investor to facing that double taxation? And, and how do you normally, uh, I guess, uh, advise people to uh, ways of avoiding it? Okay, so by definition, a foreign investor that's investing in US real estate is subject to tax in both uh, countries. So it's kind of like a default. So here's how the taxation and double taxation works. Okay, let's take a, an example, an Australian resident. Okay, he invests in US real estate and gets rental income in the US. So the US will tax that rental income because the real estate is in the US. And Australia will also tax it because the owner of the real estate is an Australian resident. Okay, so we have to be aware of how the tax treaties work, who has the first right of taxation, and who gets what's left over, basically to make sure that the investor is able to offset the tax or get credit for the tax paid in the other country. Okay. And that's done by, I mean, I imagine working, you work a lot, I imagine with the home country or with the, uh, your, you know, both countries, is that correct? So you'll work with representation for them for their accounting services and maybe, a, uh, another country that they're targeting to invest into. Yes, correct. So they definitely, we have to cooperate with all the different tax advisors in any country that's involved, uh, either where the real estate is physically or where the, the residency of the investor is. Okay. What, what's, uh, as you mentioned earlier, FERPTA, um, can you explain a little bit about this and how clients can go about uh, you know, optimizing their exposure for it and obviously minimizing what they pay? Sure. FERPTA stands for Foreign Investment in Real Property Tax Act. Okay, this is a law from 1980, which was aimed at preventing foreign investors from avoiding US tax. Right, according to this law, when a foreign investor sells the property, the buyer is obligated to withhold 15% of the sales price, not the profit, not the gain, sales price, all right, and send that 15% to the IRS. And the investor will usually owe a lot less tax to the IRS for the capital gains on this transaction. Um, so this is, you know, a big cash flow issue because in order to get the money back from the IRS, the investor has to wait until it's time for his annual U.S. tax return the following year and then claim the tax credit to receive a refund from the IRS. And depending on when the sale takes place, if it takes place in January, February, as opposed to, you know, December, you know, we can be looking at a year and a half before the investor sees that money back from the IRS. And the way to avoid this long process is uh, to submit a request for a withholding certificate from the IRS before closing the sale. All right, that's something that the IRS allows. It's on 88, form 8822B. You don't have to remember the form. The IRS is supposed to respond to that within three months. All right, I don't know what their reaction time is now with COVID and everything, but that's, that's what it's supposed to be. And uh, during that time, 
during those three months, the 15% is held in escrow. Okay, it's not sent to the IRS and you can close the deal in the meantime and it just sits there until the IRS comes back with the with their with their answer. And uh, if if the the investor really doesn't owe any tax, then the withholding certificate will say, you know, you don't owe any tax, give the whole 15% back. And you might say, okay, you know, you owe a little tax, so you know, so it'll be reduced. And based on that withholding certificate, the buyer or the buyer's attorney, whoever's dealing with that will allocate the that 15% of the funds to the uh, to the foreign seller and the rest goes to the IRS. Um, and obviously, if everything goes well, three months is a lot better than a year and a half, don't you think? Um, so that's that's the main way to do it. Obviously, there are ways to avoid FERPTA in the first place, because FERPTA is only for uh, um, for a foreign for a foreign seller. So if you know, if, if we're talking about a US partnership or US corporation, mm -hmm. Um, then, then there wouldn't be there wouldn't be any FERPTA. There would be different kind of of, uh, of withholding requirements, but not like that. Yeah, yeah, not of the whole purchase price or sale price. It would be obviously of what they expect, I guess, for income or something like that. Yes. Well, that that makes a huge difference because obviously, if you're selling something you didn't make fifteen percent, now your capital's tied up, your profits tied up, um, everything's tied up. Which the government just wants to make sure that they're not chasing someone internationally. So um, interesting. That's it's it's interesting about that. I didn't know about the withholding certificate. So that's uh, very interesting. You know, I thought you were kind of stuck in there and you had to wait it out up to over a yeah, year. Possibly. Not, not everybody knows how to do it. Yeah, you got to you got to do it right. Because if you don't do that, you know, if you don't, if you don't fill out the forms in the application correctly, the IRS is, uh, is going to reject it. <laughs> of course. The, um, for, can you explain a little bit about the ITIN? And uh, I kind of want to just, you know, why is it important? Why is it required? And, um, and it kind of uh, how someone would go about acquiring, acquiring one? Okay, so in general, you know, the investor has to be aware of, of the tax filing deadlines make sure to get their information to the accountant as early as possible. That's, you know, that's the first thing before starting with anything. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, but foreign investors typically don't have a social security number, right? So they need an ITIN or an individual taxpayer identification number. Okay. In order to have the privilege to file taxes in the U S mm -hmm. all right. That's the number that's the, that's applied to anybody that doesn't have a social security number. And uh, we generally send the application for this, number together with the investor's first ever tax return that's the process and um it, it is quite a process because if you don't uh if you're not in the u.s um and you can't you know walk into an irs office to you know identify yourself and get get an itin uh, the irs expects you to send your original passport together with the application by mail to the irs and you know <laughs> good luck getting it back so there, there are other options. There, there's, there's something called a CAA, Certified Acceptance Agents, that the IRS has all over the world. I happen to be one of them. And those, those agents are able to identify the, um, the, the applicants uh, in order to get an ITAN, and they don't have to part with their original passport um, for who knows how long. Um, so that's, uh, that, that's the way to, to get around um, that requirement but everybody needs either a social or an ITIN. Okay. Now, once they have that ITIN, obviously they can invest as a foreign investor, but they also can open up an entity in the United States. Is that correct? Absolutely. They yeah. don't have to um, invest directly in a house. They can open up an LLC, have that, you know, as a, either as a pass-through, either as a 
you know, as a single owner entity or as a partnership, if there are two, two or more people uh, that will own the LLC, and then the LLC will go and uh, mm -hmm. invest in the in the properties themselves, and then um, and then that LLC would need uh, something called an EIN, uh, which is literally an employer identification number, but for all intents and purposes, it's entity identification mm -hmm. number um, for for an LLC. So in that case, the LLC would need an EIN, and the individuals will also need an ITIN because an LLC um, is generally a pass-through entity. So the LLC would have to report the partnership tax return, mm -hmm. as well as the individuals who will have to also file individual tax returns. Is Are you able to avoid FERPTA with having a US entity, or do you need to have at least one of the owners of that entity be a US citizen to avoid it? No, it, you just have to have make sure that it's a partnership, because if it's only one person, only the LLC, uh -huh. then the the, the LLC is uh, disregarded right. for, for tax purposes and you just look through to the owner of the LLC. But once the LLC has two people, even if both of them are foreign people, okay. then the LLC is considered a U.S. partnership and there's no FERPTA on a U.S. partnership. Okay, awesome. Uh, in, in uh, regards to uh, tax returns and filing, um, your firm handles all of that with uh, filing U.S. tax returns for your foreign investors and as well as, I guess, imagine handling it in Israel where you're located, um, tax returns there. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, personally, I'm a, I'm a CPA in Israel and also an EA in, uh, for the IRS. So I could do both. I really focused in the last seven years. I've been hyper-focused on, on the U.S. side, um, mm -hmm. but very soon I'll be partnering with, uh, with an Israeli tax firm um, so we can give the uh, the Israeli tax, um, you know, response uh, under one roof for for people living here in Israel. Um, but like I said, with you know people living all over the globe, um, you know, it's you, you don't have to show up in person. Everything can be done virtually. And um, as long as I'm in touch or the client is in touch also with their local tax advisor, um, you know, we're good to go. So what tax changes are you expecting and advising your clients on? They'll most likely come in with the new Biden administration. I imagine this is a question that you're getting quite a lot right now. Yeah, I am getting it quite a lot. I think everybody is uh, getting it quite a lot and everybody's up in arms. But the truth <laughs> is, I don't have a crystal ball and I never did. And I don't, I'm not sure anybody really has one of those. So I, I know that anything is possible until it actually happens, right? Um, there, there's a lot of buzz on the, the 1031 like-kind exchange and uh, that Biden wants to get rid of it. Um, so there's a lot of talk about that, especially with real estate investors, because that's something that they take advantage of. Um, but I think that for foreign investors, they have to be careful before agreeing to any 1031 exchange, even if it does remain an option, because that could actually lead to double taxation also. And I'll tell you why. Uh, 1031 exchange is it's a way to defer capital gains tax to a future year, right? So now just because the U.S. allows this tax deferral doesn't mean that the investor's home country will honor that deferral as well, right? In fact, I'm not aware of any country at the moment that would honor it. Uh, I didn't look into all the countries, but I haven't yeah. seen anything like that. So instead of offsetting taxes from one country to another, like we said before, according to the treaty, they would end up paying twice without the ability to get a tax credit, since that will be in a, in a future year, right? So that's another reason why tax awareness and tax planning are, are so critical. And, um, and, and that's why, where I think uh, I come in to be able to help foreign investors because uh, 
people in the U.S. are not are not uh, are not thinking in, in in that direction. They're not aware. They're not. It's not on their radar to think about. Hey, you know, maybe a foreign person shouldn't do the 1031, right? Who would, who would think of that, right? So because I have that experience with uh, with so many foreign investors, uh, these are the kind of things that come up, and uh, it could save a lot of hassle and a lot of tax for for the investors. That's for sure. So are there any typical questions or concerns that your clients have voiced that we have not covered yet that could be beneficial to the listeners? Um, yeah, many times investors are concerned that they won't have all the information they need before the tax filing deadline, such as a K-1 form from a partnership if they're a you know, passive investor in a partnership. In this case, there's an option to get an extension for the time to file. It's usually six months. But I want to make something very clear. The extension that the IRS gives is for extra time to file the tax returns, but there's no extension for paying the tax returns, for paying the taxes, I'm sorry. Meaning if the taxpayer expects to owe taxes, he should pay an estimate together with the extension request in order to avoid late payment penalties. That's something that a lot of people don't know and they think, okay, I'm getting an extension. You know, I got an extension. Why am I getting this penalty? No, no, you have to pay. And if you don't want to pay, then fine. But just, you know, be aware of that, that you can have a late uh, payment penalty. So it's all about awareness and prevention. I would presume that some of your U.S. and foreign clients have actually lost money with investing in U.S. real estate, uh, not just paper losses like depreciation. But in these situations, what mistakes do you commonly see made by them? I think, unfortunately, the most common mistake I encounter is passive investors not doing proper due diligence before investing their money. Too many people I see put blind faith into other people, even friends and family members, mm -hmm. and they end up regretting it. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really a tough scene to, to see, you know, and, and uh, you know, then they come to me as if, as if I did something, you know, I'm, I only come in after the fact they did their investment, now they want me to do their taxes, I'm sorry, man. Um, but this really could, can be avoided by education. That's why um, I think they really need to speak to the tax advisor beforehand also, not just the tax advisors, but also, you know, to do dil diligence with the, you know, with the investment itself. I'm not an investment advisor, but I can definitely help educate them on the tax aspects so that they don't run into any unpleasant surprises in that, in that situation. Where are you seeing for hot places that uh, your, your clients are investing into the U.S.? What states do you see and markets do you see or hear that come up a lot? Oh, they're all over, but there's, it's very popular to, to hear things in uh, Texas, Michigan, and, and Florida, I would say. Those three yeah. are the main ones. Interesting, interesting. Michigan, I didn't know that, but Florida, we, we hear all time about, uh, I mean, there's so many, I have some work with some brokers and a third of their business is foreign investors. So it's just, uh, it's very interesting what's happening. A lot of money that's coming into the United States. So uh, Kenneth, how can our listeners learn more about you and your firm? Well, the best way is to find me on LinkedIn. I'm quite active over there. And I also post tax uh, education nuggets often. And in addition, I have a website. My website is, should I say my website? Sure, www.kastnertaxsolutions.com. Yeah. Uh, Kastner, K-A-S-T-N-E-R-T-A-X-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N-S.com. Okay, perfect. I'll put all the links into the uh, show notes and you know for YouTube or for the podcast notes. And anybody can reach out to you if they have any questions or want to uh, pick your mind or become a client. So thank you so much, Kenneth, for coming on today. And uh, hopefully we can touch base here uh, coming up uh, later in the year. All right. Thank you so much.
Hi, guys. It's Charles from the Global Investors Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you're interested in getting involved with real estate, but you don't know where to begin, set up a free 30-minute strategy call with me at ScheduleCharles.com. That's ScheduleCharles.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Global Investor Podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play to get new weekly episodes. For more resources and to receive our newsletter, please visit globalinvestorpodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Nothing in this episode should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Any investment opportunities mentioned on this podcast are limited to accredited investors. Any investments will only be made with proper disclosure, subscription documentation, and are subject to all applicable laws. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for individualized advice. Opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of Syndication Superstars Incorporated exclusively.